This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, you're listening to another episode of Good Things, the show where we talk to good people who are doing good things. My guest on today's episode is Chong Yi Shan. She's part of the Central Committee at Party Socialist Malaysia. She's also part of the union, Kesatuan Pekerja Swasta Hospital Kerajaan, KPSHK, um, and has been part of the Cleaner Juga Frontliner Movement, as well as many other movements. Um, Yi Shan has been an activist for more than a decade. Welcome to the show, Yi Shan. Let's start with um, PSM a little bit first, Yishan. Um, tell me about um, the work that you do in particular at PSM. Thank you, Tashan. So I'm a central committee of PSM and also a coordinator for the Bureau Gender. Uh, mainly my work uh, is focused on, uh, like you already mentioned, workers and also unions, hospital cleaner unions. And uh, I'm based in uh, Para, so... Uh, so I also focus uh, a lot of uh, issue uh, in Para State. So recently, what I mainly focus is uh, about the farmers issue and the food security issues because the uh, f- uh, the government and also the developer is uh, invade the farmers uh, so that uh, there's quite a big loss, uh, not only for the farmers, but as well as actually affect our food security as well. And also, uh, also work on the uh, environmental environmental issue in Para as well. Mm, this is the Para state, la. and uh, and as a coordinator for Bureau Gender and uh, activist myself, I also focus a lot on gender and also LGBT issue as well. Apart from PSM, you are also a part of um, Kesatuan Pekerja Swasta Hospital Kerajaan. Um, what exactly is KPSHK all about, and what do you uh, do there? So uh, KPSHK is a union mm-hmm. that are uh, formed by a government, a cleaner and government hospital. So we're basically doing is uh, defending their right because they've been exploited seriously, passed over the, I think since the privatization starting when right. Mahadeo starting the program. And uh, defending their right also uh, make sure that we have the... Uh, what we call the uh, collective agreement mm-hmm. uh, so that they can nego or uh, with the employer. Uh, mainly will be at that. And we also focus on also, uh, we want to abolish the contract system. Right. Because uh, in a hospital cleaner, what uh, although they're working as a government hospital, actually they are private contract staff. So, and their contract will be renewed based on probably one year. You, before this even worse, six months now probably two years, depends on when they're changing the contractor. So every time when they change the contractor, they will become a new workers again. So the contract system actually killing them. So we think in order to permanently solve whatever problem that we have at the moment, uh, the cleaner have at the moment, uh, one of the way is we need to abolish the contract system so that they have more secure job and their uh, welfare, their seniority will be keep on keep on going. Uh, not they will not lose their seniority once they're changing a new contractor. When did your journey in activism actually begin? How many years ago? How far back do we have to go? I think uh, it's actually back to when I was studying uh, as a university, uh, university student. Right. I studied in Utah and I'm living in a uh, PPR flat. So I was doing the uh, election education. So basically I was like writing a leaflet uh, in the Mandarin so that I can educate the Chinese community there. So right. I will print out the leaflet, 
and then I'll put it into their mailbox and tell them that, look, election supposed to be this. You want to take down the BN? You know, back to 2000, I think 2008, that election. It's also my first time I would. So I was like so patient. I put every flat I go, I put every flat. But I was so scared actually at that time. I, would do, I was doing alone right. because that time actually there's an ACTA that can, you know, the University of Susan, you cannot involve in the politics and all this. So uh, I scared to involve other person, then I do it alone. Uh, then later when I get more serious, it's actually back to uh, 2012. Okay. Uh, if I know my mistake. Uh, there's a only post. Then uh, that time I was studying in Taiwan for my master degree. Mm. So I will get more serious uh, involved in uh, advocate for the Undi post. Because before this, people have so much of uh, misunderstanding that uh, Undi post is actually uh, the SPR can, you know, manipulate your vote and all right. this. And so people, and they don't like, like they don't want to go for the Undi post and all this. And actually there's quite large number of Malaysian students who study in Taiwan or even work in Taiwan. And that, that year is actually the first year where the SPR allow uh, non-student, which is you're working in overseas, you also can apply for the UNTI post. It's actually quite easy. So we really work seriously to advocate that, look, you should register, you should UNTI, and you should all this. And I think we, that, that's the time when we come, become more and more uh, seriously involved in that time. And that we also we also managed to organize a birthday Taiwan mm-hmm. where we have a perhimpunan in Taiwan. Right. That's actually very good. Right mm-hmm. now, you know what's interesting is you you said it in your university days, um, you were not you know necessarily like very but seriously involved in a particular movement or anything. But you took the initiative by yourself, um, despite there being um, laws that you know discourage um, or disallow university students from participating in politics and whatnot. You as an individual from your university just decided to, you know, start this whole electoral education, election, voter education thing and, and you know, create pamphlets and, and all of that. Why? Um, what was it? Like, like were you already um, as an individual very involved in politics? What was going on in your life at that point or what had happened in your life at that point for you to be like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I don't care if I'm alone. Um, I Maybe I will kind of tank up. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to do it because it's important. Why? Why was it so important to you at that point? You know, my political awareness, like I was starting to quite, uh, in my quite young age when I was uh, secondary school, you know. Okay. And, uh, and then when I was in university, so I have my own uh, laptop that I have more access to the internet and all this. You actually, you expose more and more information. And when you talk to the people that uh, uh, in my area, then you will notice that a lot of people actually they don't understand that kind of thing. Then you will start thinking that how do you make them understand? Uh, actually, I wasn't thinking much. I was like, just do it. Lah. Don't, don't think, although you are, you are so scared, but just do it. I think this is also... Because I have my political awareness quite early in my early age. Tell me a little bit about your childhood and your family. Uh, when you were growing up, did your parents or other family members um, you know, regularly discuss politics, social justice, um, socioeconomic issues and, and things like that? Because you said in, you already were politically aware 
um, even in high school. How did that come about? Because most high schoolers are not thinking about politics. They are thinking about lepaking with their friends, playing football, skipping class, go cyber cafe, all this kind of stuff. But you are saying that even at that age, you are already politically aware and thinking about all these big picture issues. How, how did that mindset come about? I also skipping class and go to cyber cafe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I think uh, my parents uh, make sure that we read newspaper. Oh. So we are reading newspaper basically every day. And but uh, when I will, uh, you know, I living in a PPR flat, right. a flat that with a lot of P forty community and urban poor there, and you living there, you see a lot of things. Then you will start questioning why. And my flat is actually majority Malay. Mm. And yes, we can see racial issue, you know, no matter what race, including in my family as well. Then I start thinking why and why and why. And then I, was, I read more newspaper. And of course, when you access to the internet, you have more information all this, right? So, and when actually when I was in secondary school, my parents, they don't, they don't talk much about politics right. during the dinner time. Uh, but when, when I start went to university, probably my parents think like, okay lah, my children already jadi besar. Okay, mm. we can start talking about politics. Right. Then we have a lot of discussions over the dinner. And we even have argument like, oh, you should work for, uh, that time is Pakatan Rakyat. You shouldn't work for BN, you know. A lot of <laughs> argument. Then in that time, more and more discussion coming in the family. That is why I starting to do the leafleting because I, from my parents, then I can see and for also my other family member. Then right. that's why I'm doing that. Talking <laughs> about politics around the dinner table is one thing. Um, all, all our, everybody does that, right? Like uh, most families, they talk about politics around the dinner table. But then now here you are, when you're at university, like you said, making pamphlets, um, going against the, the government of the day, challenging the government mm. of the day. What does how does your parents because there is the general Malaysian mentality or Asian mentality among many parents who are like, mm. um, you know, you yeah, you mustn't be aware of what's going on, but don't get involved, you know. Um, I just want you to keep mm. quiet, you go to school, you study, you get good grades, and then you make a lot of money, and that's it. Then you will escape all these problems. Uh, did your parents have that sort of a, a, a mindset as well? How did they react? when you are getting more directly involved in politics, in movements, in activism, in going for protests? Of course, you know, they, they are not happy about it from the very beginning. Mm. And uh, actually, we have to like, don't tell them I, I attending a bursary, I attending a protest. I don't tell them at all. Until they find out, then they saw me like on the newspaper, on a TV. They'll say, Hui, my daughter is there. <laughs> and only they realize, you know, or others relative tell them, hey, I saw your daughter the other day on the newspaper, on the TV and all this. Then we, we, have, we actually have, have a lot of fight from uh, when I coming back from uh, Taiwan. I have more involved. And they are actually very unhappy. They think that uh, I send you, I mean, you study overseas, you have your master degree and you come out, become activism and you're not getting a serious job and all this. Starting from the beginning, I also fight a lot with them. I say, why, why? I'm doing good for the country, what? Mm-hmm. I mean, for the people and yeah, everything. Absolutely. And, but like what you say, they want you to get a stable job, mm-hmm. to, to have a stable life. I think that is quite common for every parent yeah. because they don't want their children suffer and all this. I, I totally understand that. But I, 
I come to my 30 over only I understand actually they just want you to get a stabilized. So uh, now what I'm going to do is last time I was like, I don't want to tell you everything that I involved about right. activism and protest. But now I will tell you every protest I go, every actions I do uh, so that you are aware that what your daughter doing, uh, maybe they're still not happy. They were still nagging at me like, why, why, why? But I try to explain over the dinner table as well. <laughs> and so they were like, not happy, but they will say like, okay, you jaga diri, you take care. So I think more, more uh, two-way communication now. On the show with me today is Chong Yi Shan of Party Socialist Malaysia and Kesatuan Pekerja Swasta Hospital Kerajaan. After the break, I ask her what gives her the courage to relentlessly push for social and economic justice despite the many defeats she has faced. Keep it here on Good Things, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Good Things. I'm Dashan Johan and on the show with me today is Chong Yi Shan of Party Socialist Malaysia and Kesatuan Pekerja Swasta Hospital Kerajaan, KPSHK. So Yi Shan, you know, you said like, okay, first uh, you were in university, you were doing it alone. Um, then you went to Taiwan and, and, you know, did your master's degree and all. And then it, around 2012, you started getting even more serious about politics and activism and all. Why? What, what was, did something happen that make you go, I need to be serious? Like, this is it. I have made my decision. Uh, stable job, all that is secondary. Uh, of course, everybody needs money to survive and all that. But, you know, <laughs> this is what I'm dedicating my, myself to. I think one uh, studying in Taiwan is actually uh, quite eye-opening for me. Okay. You know, you study in overseas where they have many like human rights uh, uh, rally, you know, you, are, you, have, you really enjoy the freedom of expressions in that country. And I even publicly come out uh, during my, uh, when I study in Taiwan, you know, that which I, I was closet, closeted, closeted when I study mm-hmm. in Malaysia. But when I go to Taiwan, I just come out and, and they are very mm-hmm. accepted. So I think starting from that point, when you are coming out publicly and you are not scared that uh, whatever, uh, how people think about you, then I think that's where I feel like, okay, I want to do more serious about LGBT rights in my country. Mm. I think that is really the first thing that I come to turning point to me. Uh, my thesis, that's as my professor also like, I support you. You see, that kind of support is actually making who I am that mm-hmm. I decided I want to come back to Malaysia. Because when I study in Taiwan, uh, many people, they say, hey, why, why you don't want to stay in Taiwan? Taiwan is much better, what? Malaysia is so worse, Peru, all this. And I was like, yeah, because Malaysia is, is not that good. That's why I want to come back and fight. Mm-hmm. Why you want to stay in a country where they already fight for decades to get their right? Why don't I just come back to my country and fight for it? That's why after I graduate, no hesitation, I come back. I noticed PSM when uh, I'm doing research on the LGBT Malaysia when I study in Taiwan mm-hmm. uh, because they have a statement that uh, support uh, sexuality Madeka. Then, then I start read more about PSM and all this. Back to that time, I don't have like socialist, that kind of, I don't know that is socialist. Right. I don't know that is left. 
And then after I graduated, I got a chance of working in uh, Ipoh, one of the university. So I moved to Ipoh. And then, you know, Pera is like a many PSM here. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, I get more involved in their event. Then I, uh, as a Chinese who live in this country, you know, you always see a lot of racial things. And you will start, like, I couldn't get into any government university. That's because of quota system. That's what, that's, that's be, like, everyone tells us, you can't get into the government university. That's because of the quota system. And you have no choice, but you're forced to go to a private university. Then I was like, okay, so race is a problem. And I feel so unfair. But when I go to the PSM, I didn't join PSM from the beginning. I went to their event and all this. And I really noticed that when they talk about no racial, they only talk about class struggle. They really seriously walk, walk the talk. We don't want racial, but they really practice it. And they really like, uh, not because you are a president of the party, because of your then I must talk to you very respect. I cannot toggle you or I cannot throw out my idea to you. Mm. You know, that no, no such thing in PSM. This is what I want. I felt like, oh, this is what I want. And then get more and more involved. Only I realized, oh, this is all we talk. This is this is what we call socialist. This is what right. we call left. You know, as an activist, as someone who's part of party socialist, you're taking on um, the establishment in a lot of cases. You are in direct, uh, you have opposing interests from the establishment. And, you know, when it, when it comes to that, um, you have to deal with the police. Um, you have dealt with the police many times. Do you remember your first encounter with the police or the authorities? Do you remember when was that and, and what did it feel like at the time? First encounter, I think, uh, is with PSM. Mm. Uh, is, uh, so, we always with the PSM uh, is in uh, uh, evictions of the farmer's land. Mm. So, the contractor come together with police and then the contractor shout at us, also the police all shout at us. They then hide, then we have to go forward and you know encounter with the police. And I got I actually I feel myself I was quite pre-rich uh, when we talk about encounter with the police because I'm with PSM mm. every time when I facing the police. So uh that is actually uh we will have our senior member there who are more far more experienced than me. Then I always learn from them as well. La. So that's actually a very good opportunity for me to learn. So that uh, when it go to a loan, I think it's back to the uh, when the Lawan protest in Madeka, right. that 30 of us got arrested. Mm-hmm. So that is the time where I was like dealing with the police and I, and I learned all the skills that I learned from the PSM. That's the time I start using all this, you know. And one of the skills that I learned from one of our pioneer member. Jody, she's a estate worker and she is like, wow, she's been always fighting with the police and all this. Uh, then when the police tried to uh, harass me to, uh, the, uh, to the van, then I just really sit down. That's what I learned from a Jody. Right. Just sit down so that they will have to do more effort to make you go in, you know. And when, so I think that is quite a learning experience for me as well. Mm -hmm. Now, as an activist, 
you know you faced many defeats you you say you you know you're, you're the reason you came back to malaysia from taiwan despite everybody telling you to stay there is because you know why you know if if you are if you want to be an activist then you mu- it's better to be an activist in a place where a lot more improvements need to to happen a lot more changes need to happen then you have a bigger role to play uh, but the thing about changes is um you know, a lot of times when you're in your journey in activism, you will like push for this, then you will fail. You'll push for this, then the government not don't want to listen. You'll push for this and sometimes you protest and even if it's so many thousands of people on the streets, then they don't want to listen. They push back, they push back. Sometimes you have to, uh, let's say, um, if you're unlucky, you have to spend some time in lockup. So there's a lot of defeats that you face. Um, and then occasionally, like some victories will come around. What keeps you going? What gives you the courage? What motivates you amidst all the defeats? I think and one point is, uh, I believe that the successful doesn't come in a short term. You always have to take a long journey to make things success. Especially PSM always want to talk, abolish contract system and all this, you know, it's not going to happen in like one or two years. It's going to take years to to achieve it. So when you're starting to realize that um, when you want to achieve something uh, good and big and you are blocking the capitalist, then you know it's, it's not going to take you know, a, a, a short short period of it to get successful. It always take a long period of it. Uh, so when you realize that, then you're like, okay, no problem. We can we can go on it. We can work on it. We can still continue doing it because we know if you keep on doing it, then you will successfully uh, uh, get whatever whatever that you fight for. You know, like what we are doing on the union. We've been struggle for five years, six years, and now we at least got something. Right. It's after five or six years. So uh, this is this is what when you're starting to realize that. It's not going to happen in the short term. It's going to take a long term. Even sometimes will be very long term. But uh, you realize that, then you were like, okay lah, boleh lah, boleh continue lah. But of course, sometimes you will feel very disappointing lah because when you want to start organize, you want to talk something to the people. People will like, ayah jalan ni tak boleh jalan punya lah. Ayah this one no use lah. You know right. this kind of uh, things will come out. And then sometimes family member also will tell you like. Why you all keep on doing this? No point one. Why don't you just do A, B, C, D, E? Why you keep on do this? Is it you know? When I start like involving organizing people, I also will feel sometimes I feel angry, frustration and angry. I like why? This is your this is your right. Ini awak kan? Takalah you tak sendiri pun tak I'm I'm not you, right? I'm just here to help you. Mm-hmm. So that kind of frustration does always happen, but. Later, I, I, I learned that uh, we have to understand that they are, uh, why they have those frustrations. And even sometimes, when, when we uh, organize, people will also start saying, this is so unfair. The country is only citing, uh, helping one race, not other race, our race or whatever. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, and uh, one, the other race will say, oh, the other race is... Uh, like uh, rampas kita semua benda and right. all this. So that kind of discussion is always about, we have to understand why, why people think like that. And when you 
understand, then you will know how to uh, tell the people that, look, actually, I also can see many Malays are very poor. They actually not benefit from those quota system right. or whatever the government policy. And or you, and if Malays say, oh, Chinese kaya lah. I say, no, it's only only the top few few percent is very kaya. The rest is also still suffering. Mm. I'm suffering. Many of my friends suffering. So I think when people become cynical, when people will become talking about all this, I think our, our um, I don't want to say our duty, but I think uh, at least what we can do is uh, we say no race thing. We don't talk about race. It's about class. Right. And we try to put more uh, socialist uh, ideology, uh, not using a jargon word, but by practicing, you can see how we are working on it. So let's say in the uh, the, uh, the Kasatuan Pekerja Swasta Hospital Kerajaan, uh, about half are Malay, half are Indian, uh, rarely Chinese there. I think so far I don't see a Chinese. Lah. I'm the only Chinese in there. <laughs> so, and I think there's also proof that Chinese here to stand together with you and fight together with you. I think this is what you, somehow you walk the talk. I also used to be, feel like, uh, Thing, uh, it's not gonna change. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least it's not gonna change in twenty years. Probably take us fifty years to change, you know. But and then I will start talking like this to the people. Then later I realized that when you start talking things like this, people will feel more fed up. So starting from this year, I put up from thing. I stopped talking about losing hope. I will start talking about there's a hope. There's a there's a way to. Upper, uh, to get through all this, there's always a hope. Lah. Let's talk something positive rather than negative. So how can we talk about that? And how to keep going is actually, uh, I see like Dr. Jayakumar, mm-hmm. our president of uh, PSM, and uh, our other pioneer like Aru, Saras, you know, they've been doing 40 years. Right. Non-stop. Right. I was like, okay, <laughs> Kumar already 70 over years old, Dr. Kumar, and he is still doing it. He is still in the front line of every time when we have the eviction. Why, 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 I'm, stop, why I'm stopping myself? I, I'm a younger, okay, I'm older lagi lah, boleh lah. <laughs> that I, I, I need to go on lah. Right. And yeah, I think that is what I feel like. This is all that keep me going and sometimes tired, sometimes disappointing, but somehow we can still manage to find a string to keep on going. And of course, a lot of fried chicken as well. (laughs) (laughs) I think yes, definitely we need that fuel to keep going. Um, Do you genuinely have hope in, in this country? And I'm asking that because, you know, a lot of people say there's no hope, but when you came to left Taiwan and told your parents, I want to do activism and I want to come back to Malaysia because Malaysia, because, you know, I want to push for change. Mm. It's been years since you came back from Taiwan. Is there mm. anything that has happened since you've come back from Taiwan where you zoom out and you look at where, which way the country is progressing? Uh, maybe the people's mindset. It can be 
any number of things that make you go, you know, this is worth it. And, and, I, and I believe that, that you know, we, we can go uh, to a better, we can go towards a better future. Is there, is there anything that you've noticed? Yes. Yes, I can. Conf- yes. Uh, our uh, organizations, uh, Diversity Malaysia, we are working on the Mandarin speaking community about the LGBT awareness. So we can see a huge changing uh, in the public, where especially in the media, they stop using those uh, stereotype wording, such as like aqua. Mm. It's a, a bad word for transgender, yes. right? So we, we can we can straight away tell different is that just took us about took us about three to four years. You know, we managed to change that. The media stopped using it, and we have more and more positive. Uh, a report or news or interview towards the LGBT persons in the media, in uh, Mandarin media. That's what I can see here. And then recently, we also uh, winning few cases, right. including uh, the Pastor Aoyong uh, book. So this is all very positive. It took us um, a years, and then we see the positive is here. And of course, on the ground, we still need to more. Uh, effort on working on the ground, like I say, ignore those small voices who are being amplified. Then how we need to more focus on the ground. I think this is where we should really doing at the moment. Then I think things will change mm-hmm. because we already see things is already changing. And also the second thing is we also be working on the Kasatuan Pekerja Swasta Hospital Kerajaan for five six years, right? And for the beginning we. We, we talk about this and then <laughs> people do not know. They say, huh, Malaysia got union one. Ah. I say, God lah. <laughs> 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 what do you think about MTUC? MTUC is a union one. Right. So, and yeah. then, they, then more, more, more and more we talk about, I think people starting to like, oh, okay. So how can I organize a union uh, in my company? In my pidang, how can I organize and, and receive questions? Then we help them. Actually, you can this and that, you know. I think uh, awareness of the union is also become uh, more and more uh, people starting to have it. Because uh, recently, we only see that in Malaysia, currently in Malaysia, only 6% of the workforce are involved in the union, are unionized. Mm-hmm. So meaning we have 95 Four percent, oh, more than ninety percent who are not involved in the union, right? And this cannot lah. We need to have more and more union so that we can uh, to take care of the welfare of the workers. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I will see. There's a there's a things changing. Absolutely, that's what I expect. All right. Before we wrap this conversation up, um, would you have a final message for us? Many people actually they wanted to do something. Mm-hmm but they do not know how and where to start. And sometimes the people also like, you are strugg- you're still struggling to pay bills. And we totally understand about it. So but you still wanted to do something. You want to still uh, change our country, right? I think uh, everyone has different capacity. If your capacity is, okay, I can only do this, but you're so scared that people, oh, I can only do this small thing. Macam tak guna je. But I think sikit sikit jadi bukit lah. One person do this small thing, another mm. person do this one small thing. Then when we add things together, it will become a big thing. Just like 
when I was like doing the leafleting when I was in university time. And I think people probably will say, Allah, leaflet je bukannya perkara besar pun. But I think I do contribute right. something that to change the people mindset in taking down, not stop putting the BN. I, I do believe in that. So it's just a very small thing, but you can do it within your capacity. Just do it so that we can all together, we can change the country. On that note, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. That was Chong Yishan. She's part of the Central Committee of Party Socialist Malaysia. She's also with Kesatuan Pekerja Swasta Hospital Kerajaan, KPSHK. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can check us out on podcasts. We're available on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Good Things, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.